on, everybody? Welcome back to another chapter of Said Said. Um, you can stay connected with me by following me on Instagram at C-E-D-X-S-A-I-D. Uh, you can also like and subscribe to my YouTube channel, as well as follow me on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, be sure to turn on the notifications uh, so that you, know, you can be notified and stay up to date on the latest episode. And if you enjoyed today's message, uh, please be a blessing and send this to a friend. Uh, the title of my message today is, What is Your Salt? Uh, but before we get into that, as always, uh, we're going to pray. So, dear Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for this uh, moment in time. We thank you for our day. Uh, we thank you for where you've brought us in our life so far and where you're going to take us. God, thank you for uh, being our leader, our protector, and our provider. As we listen today, uh, protect our ears from any outside noise. Allow us to zone in, allow us to tune in, and allow us to receive uh, what message is about to uh, be spread. Uh, thank you, Father, for um, today's message. Uh, just pray that you move through the show and that... Um, that you're just with us uh, while we listen, while we tune in. So thank you, Father, for this this moment, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So today I'd like to talk to you about what is your salt. And uh, I'd like to start off by starting with a story. And some of you may have heard this story, but uh, Dave Chappelle was on uh, CBS Good Morning and he was being interviewed about why he didn't take the money or what happened with him when he was leaving Co uh, Comedy Central. And he gave this lady an answer referring to uh, one time he was watching Animal Planet or the Discovery Show. And it was showing how Bushman in the wild, when he's trying to survive and trying to find water, that he would catch a baboon. So... A baboon like uh, the monkeys from Tarzan with the little red butts, right? So what the Bushman would do is he would take some salt and he would place it inside of a hole and just wait for the baboon to come. Now when the baboon came, he would put his hand into the hole and he would grab the salt with a full fist and try to yank out. But he couldn't because the hole was too small for his whole hand to come out. And instead of letting go, all the baboon had to do was just let go of the salt, pull his hand out, and he was free. <clears throat> but the baboon was too, too foolish to think of it or too foolish to do that. He was too stuck on what he had. And he was really determined to, to pull out you know, this salt. And so while the baboon's there stuck, the bushman comes, grabs the baboon, and throws him inside of a cage. And he gives the baboon all the salt that he could want. Well, whenever the baboon gets dehydrated enough and is in there long enough, the bushman lets him out and the baboon immediately runs for water, runs to a river, runs to a, a water source. And the bushman follows him and they both drink you know, together. So that's just the, the layout of, of that story. And it got me thinking about myself. It got me thinking about a lot of things. And it got me thinking, asking myself, you know, 
what is it that I could be holding on to that's keeping me from freedom? You know, just like this, this monkey, all he had to do, he, he wants, he's so fixated on this, uh, on this salt, on, on, on getting it. He knows if he pulls hard enough, he's just thinking. And all he has to do is just let go. But he won't because he's just so tunnel visioned on the now of what he wants. He's not thinking long term. He's not thinking of anything else. He's not aware of any predators or anything trying to come attack him. All he's focused on is getting what he can at the moment. And so what I want to ask you today, just a thought, is what is your salt? Is there something that you're holding on to that could be keeping you from health? could be keeping you from free from an addiction that could be uh, restoring a relationship in your life, whether it be with any family member, a friend, could you be holding on to resentment or anger or frustration? Could you be holding on to laziness? A, there is a passage, <clears throat> there's a scripture it's Matthew 16, and this is the New International Version, so the NIV version. And it says, it's uh, Matthew 16, uh, verse 26. So what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in, ex in exchange for their soul? So what that's saying is, is what good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul. So what you're holding on to could be materialism. It could be pride. It could be ego. It could be so much. It could be a lot of things that you're, you have your hand a grip on that is keeping, you're living in the world. You're living a selfish life instead of a selfless life like we're called to do. We're called to serve. We're called to have purpose and serve and serve our purpose and help others. You may be going through something right now in your life that, or have gone, you may have gone through something in your life that is difficult, that you feel as someone, no one in this world has ever gone through. And maybe you've gone through something that only a small percent of the world has gone through. But you didn't go through that by accident. You went through that and hopefully you're learning from it or you have grown through it or you've learned some things from it. And God has put you through what you have gone through or put you what you are currently going through. So that one, it can build up character especially if you've been praying for strength or you've been praying for patience or you've been praying for uh, guidance, you're going to receive that guidance, that patience, and you're going to receive that through challenges and through tests. And, and, and if you see it through, if you see God's plan through and you have faith and you're praying and you, and you see it through and you trust that, you know, I may not be seeing it now, but you see it through, you'll find, you'll find that, that, that freedom, it'll build character, it'll, it'll build your testimony, which is what I'm trying to get to. So although you may be holding on to this addiction, although you may be holding on to this, this anger, 
this resentment, this uh, whatever it may be that you're holding on to, when you finally let it go, you will be able to use that test in time as a testimony to help out others, to make them realize, and not make them realize, but help them realize what they're going through and help them through that by being a listening ear, by being a understanding person and truly understanding what they went through. I've never had anybody close to me pass away in my immediate family, in my immediate, immediate family. So for me, it's kind of difficult to relate to someone. I can have sympathy uh, for them, but I don't have empathy because I, I don't know how to really like, I don't, I don't really understand what it's like to lose someone that close to me. But maybe you've lost someone close to you. Maybe you've gone through a bad divorce. Maybe you've gone through a bad breakup. Maybe someone was cheating on you or someone was uh, always mentally and emotionally abusive to you. Maybe you've been passed on uh, at your job, uh, promotion, whatever the case is that God has put that your season that you're going through in life, either you've gotten through it or you're going through it and you're the purpose of it is so that you can help someone in what you've gone through, through your experience. You're able to listen to them and not tell them what to do, but to hear them out and to help them guide them through their, their season, their difficult season. So a couple things that I was struggling with um, in my past was back when I used to smoke, uh, I used to smoke, you know, weed or smoke cigarettes or vape or, you know, when, when I used to do drugs or back when I used to think that my parents don't know anything, they could have done better, it's their fault, it's this person's fault, you know, that my life is the way it is. Those were all things that I was holding on to. I was holding on to, it made me feel good because it made me feel like, well, it's not my fault, it's their fault. And then I got around other people who thought the same thing. Yeah, my parents this, my parents that. Either they were smoking weed too and they would say, nah, smoking weed isn't bad. Yet we didn't have jobs. We weren't prioritizing in our life. That was our priority in life, was getting high. Uh, or I'd get around people who were, you know, had other addictions and they just had the same mindset because they couldn't see anything else because they're holding on to this addiction or resentment or anger or whatever emotion it is that was keeping them from being what we're called to be, which is loving and compassionate and forgiving and, uh, and to be the light, a good light, a good example to the people around us. So I remember watching uh, this. It's called I'm Not Your Guru. I wonder if it's still on Netflix, but Tony Robbins has this documentary called I'm Not Your Guru. And I remember him. It's the opening. Um, it's the opening like first few stories of that series. And this girl had this. She on the surface, she looked perfect. She, she had all this thing to get all these things together, but what she was missing, what she was holding on to, she had this sort of hate or disconnect with her father. And she learned that from her mother because her mother didn't help out with 
you know, she couldn't help because the mother had gone through things with the father and she couldn't help but relay that and say some things. I mean, we've all heard it from here, like from time to time, you'll hear the parent talk down on the other parent to the kids. And then that's not good. But in this particular situation on this documentary, that's what happened. And this girl had this false narrative. And, and although the father was on drugs and was on al- like was an alcoholic, it was warranted, but that doesn't help that father to have that kind of eye, that kind of like distant, that kind of frustration towards the dad. It doesn't help him in his situation because it's not be- she's not being loving. She's not being compassionate. She's holding on to this, uh, this idea of him, this thought, and it's crushing him even more. It's not helping him. Well, through talking to Tony, she comes to realization that she needs to give him a call and confront him and tell him everything that has happened and have a conversation with him. And so she calls him. They have this whole conversation and she forgave him. And he said that he forgave her and they hadn't talked in a while. And they they cried it out and they were working on restoring their relationship. Uh, The point of this story is that whenever that happened, it hit me hard and it resonated with me really hard in my my, uh, heart. I gave my my dad a call who I hadn't talked to in a while, who I was having struggles with and and were just up and down. And I called him and I told him that what Tony said to that girl was that, thank you for being who you were. You may have not been the best parent. You may have not been the best person, a leader or whatever it is, but you did as good as you could. And because of who you were, you made me into the man I am today. And I realized how selfish, I realized how selfish I was and how I have cousins, I have friends who didn't have a dad and I'm over here complaining to them about my dad. And yeah, he may be, he may have been, it may have been, uh, there could have been a better relationship, but man, he was still in my life. He was doing the best he could. He was trying the best he could. It was his first time going through being a parent. It's his first time going through this life. And he's just doing as good as he can. And he did his job. If any of you have struggles with your parents or have any type of struggles, give them some slack. Cut them a break. Because that's something I had to realize was that they did their job. I'm alive. I'm old enough now. I was fed. Now it's my opportunity to be who I need to be in this life and hold no resentment towards them to let that go. And I remember that, that release. I remember that me crying on the phone to him, telling him, thank you uh, for being the great dad that he was and for doing as great as he can and for working all those late hours and for uh, providing food on the table that I really appreciated him. I called my mom and I told her, thank you too. You know, it's just, it was a lot of things that I held on to, even the drugs, like I, and, and, and the, the friends that I was with, I had, I thought that that's who I was going to be with the rest of my life because they had it all right. But yet I found out later on that I was wrong because I had to let that go. I was holding on to all that and I had to let it go. And it got lonely for a long time, but I had to let that go in order to get to where I'm at today. And I didn't see it then. And I didn't think I was right then. 
until I freed myself from it. And, and I, I know today that I made the right decision. And all of them are doing well. All my friends are doing great in their lives. They have kids. They're, they have great jobs. They're, they're doing great. It's just that that was just for a season. It was just for the time being. Another thing I want to shine some light on, when, in that story, whenever the Bushman grabs the baboon and throws him inside of the cage and gives him all the salt that he wants, that is something that the devil will do to you for as long as you will allow it. When he grabs you and he throws you, the devil will grab you. He knows your vice. He knows what you, what gets you, what you like, what irks you, what family member irks you. He knows what substance gets to you and he will keep, he'll take you, he'll give you a little bit to where he catches you. He throws you in that cage and he will feed it to you and feed it to you in an abundance. He'll feed you it until as long as you've said enough. And you have to realize that if it's not, you're like, well, Cedric, how do I know what the difference is between something that's good for me in my life and something that's bad for me in my life? Something my mom said this past Sunday at, at lunch was that if it's, you have to ask yourself, if it's not serving the Lord, if what I'm doing is not serving the Lord or for his glory or is not helping the kingdom of God, then that's how you know it's wrong. It's a simple way to figure it out. So ask yourself while you're holding on to whatever it is you're holding on, is this helping out my family? Is this helping out my, my children? Is this helping out my coworkers? Is this helping me out? Is, is what I'm doing going to create a, a ball rolling of goodness and positivity and bearing good fruit? Or is this going to tear more people apart, cause someone to be in distress and make matters worse on whatever situation it is that you're in? And whenever the Bushman finally lets the guy, or sorry, whenever the Bushman finally lets the monkey out, he's thirsty. He's had all this salt and he's just dehydrated. He's thirsty. When you finally realize what the devil is doing to you and your spirit is awakened and you're like, man, being with this crowd isn't for me anymore. Being in this addiction isn't for me anymore. Having anger, I don't like having it hover over me or control my life. I, I want it gone. When you finally decide to let it go, and so to speak, when the cage is finally open for you to run out, don't just run to some water as the baboon did because the Bushman went with him. And what do you think happened again? It's just the same process repeated over and over because that baboon, all he's going to do, he just got his water, and now he knows where he can get some salt. So he's either going to stick with the Bushman or run away, but stay nearby for his next temptation, right? Or the Bushman will find that baboon. He'll go looking for him or put it in an area where he knows he's going to be at and catch, capture him again and just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it, right? So don't allow the devil to repeat you with the same temptation. Once he finally lets that cage up, once you finally open your eyes, don't run to just some water. 
there is someone who you do run to, and he's the living water. And this is for everybody, is that once you release that, you have to replace that that salt in your life. You have to replace that with something positive. You have to replace it with a good addiction, whether it be running, eating healthier, having a sense of compassion, having a sense of forgiveness, uh, being loving, have a sense of self-control on your tongue, whatever it may be, you have to replace that. You replace it with the word of God. You replace it with healthy friends, people that are pouring into you. You replace that with purpose in your life that you're living for something, because if you're living to be a good parent, you won't go out as much or you won't you will take more time in your life to be with your children there's a purpose now set in your life and you're going to live for that purpose and that makes you say no to other things that don't align with your goals and your purpose in your life and for those that are still seeking uh, who who don't who don't have a personal relationship with christ it says that instead of run, instead of being the baboon who runs to just any old water where the devil, where the bushman is going to follow you, run to the living water. <clears throat> in John 4, verse 13, in the NIV version, it says, Whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Jesus is referred to as the bread of life, the living water, but often in the Gospels. And he is. It's to we need water every single day. I'm not sure the percentage. I'm not sure if it's 70 or 80 percent. There's a mass percentage of our body that is water we need water in our body so we don't dehydrate it you need you need it every single day to live and that's what jesus is telling us is that he is the living water you need him every single day all the time in order to live a a righteous life through him because you're living for him and so you do this by getting to know him through reading his word and seeing what miracles he did, what he performed, what he did for you on that cross. And to know who God is and how loving he is and to know that you have a a royal identity, that you are a king, you are a queen, that you come from a kingdom, that you are here to save people. You're here to save other souls, not by condemning them, but by being a listening ear and helping them and understanding that we we are all going through this life together and that we need to be a positive role in each other's lives. <clears throat> and maybe what you're holding on to, like I did, when I was, when I didn't believe in God and I didn't believe in Jesus Christ, what I was holding to my salt then was I was around friends who didn't believe in God. I was around people who weren't living for God. So I would see them and I'm like, well, you say that you're a Christian. You say that you believe in Jesus or you believe in God, but 
I was noticing how the way that they act, I was notice, noticing what they did every day as far as, you know, whatever addiction they may have had, however they talk to you or talk to people or talk to their children. And it made me think that I didn't want to be a part of that. I was I had all these thoughts that I was holding on to. That was the devil planting those things in my head and keeping me from freedom. I thought if I just did good things, I was a good person and I was just nice to everyone and, and, and didn't do anything wrong, that how could God ever not allow me into heaven? I was a good person. I'm here to tell you that you could be the nicest person in the world. You could be the smartest person in the world. You'd be the most sweetest, kindest, giving, charitable person there is out there. If you do not accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you aren't getting into heaven. And it's in his text. It says that, Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So it's through his acceptance, he's the door that gets you in. To heaven and from there you repent which is metanoia in greek which the definition of metanoia is to have a change of mind body and spirit i hear a lot of people say that oh well, all i have to do it says in the bible all i have to do is just accept them and then i get into heaven that's not it meaning they'll say well i could just wait until my last dying breath to accept him and i'll get into heaven so i'm just going to live the way i'm going to live the rest of my life and and that's all I have to do. If it were that easy, everybody would do that. They live a horrible life, and then they do that at the end. And I, that obviously, that's not the right way to to, to perceive that in the in the text. That you're you're misconstruing the uh, scripture. Once you repent of your sins and have a true repentance, meaning you're not just saying like, "Oh, I'm gonna stop drinking," knowing darn well. You're only saying that because you're dehydrated and you're going to do it the next day. No, this is like, I'm absolutely done. I don't want to live this way anymore. And I want to turn my life around. And that's what you have to do. You, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you turn your life around. And through his help and through understanding him, he opens your eyes to a new world that is unimaginable. He has glorious plans for you. He's just asking you to take a step of faith so that he can go to work in your life. So I'll leave you with this before we, before I offer you an invitation to accept Jesus Christ, to accept a relationship with uh, your Lord and Savior. And that is going to be with Matthew. It's Matthew 16, 25. And it says, for who, uh, sorry, this is Matthew 16, 25 in the NIV version. And it says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. So that scripture is saying that for whoever <coughs> wants to save their life will lose it. That doesn't mean death. What that means is that you're living for yourself. You're holding on to your salt and you're living for yourself. You're living selfishly. You're living for your weekend. You're living to control the, those people around you. You're not doing good business. 
you're having ill-gotten gains, you're living for yourself, you're living for the world. But whosoever wants to save their life will lose it. So this means that you have to turn from your ways of being that way. And whoever loses their life for me will find it. And it's a promise. It's not even a promise. He's telling you. Jesus is telling you. It's in blood. It's in red letters. Jesus is telling you that you will find it. Whoever loses their life will find it. Not that you might. Not that you may be. No, you will. And I, and I, I know you will. Because you have a great purpose in this life. You have people, there's people I can't reach that you can reach. This isn't said show. This is your show. This is our show. This is God's show. This is so that we can all help each other. This is, this is to time to start being helpful to those around you, to those in your family. To be the light, to be that breath of fresh air when people see you. And so I'd like to offer you an invitation. If you've been holding on to that idea that I'm atheist or that I'm, I'm agnostic or whatever it is, I'd like to offer you an invitation to let go of that salt, to let go of those, those lies and to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and to have a personal relationship with him so that you can start living your true purpose and life. So take this step of faith with me and repeat this after me. Uh, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart and I'll make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you've said that prayer, then please message me. I'm proud of you and congratulations. Please message me. Uh, you can either email me. If you don't have Instagram, email me at cedxsaid at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Instagram again. And that's at cedxsaid. DM me on there. I have a gift for you. I also like to personally congratulate you. And um, I'm proud of you. And like I said, if you enjoyed today's show, please share this with a friend. Follow me on Instagram so that you can stay you know, up to date with clips when the next show will be out. Uh, tune in next time for the next chapter of Said Said. And as always, love yourself so that you can go love someone else.